0: Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? Yeah. Healthy life. Yeah. Yourself? You know, I've had better days. I've had better days. I go to the gym. Still today. alive, though. No, I'm still alive. Yeah, I go to the gym today, right? And it's nice to go. You know, it's nice to go. It's nice to see that there's actually humanity out there, right? A lot of places over here are still closed. So, I mean, I consider myself pretty fortunate. But yet, place is a bit under-exciting, if you know what I mean. Of course, you know, they're only open to a certain amount. But to be honest with you, they're not even filled out. So, one of two things has happened. People have canceled their memberships because they don't know what's
1: going to happen. Or they're scared. Or it's a combination of the two. I'm not sure, but or they're tired of the mask requirements and the social distancing and everything, all that stuff. Yeah, personally, if I was going to a gym and they were doing that kind of BS, I get it. But if they're going to require you to wear a mask from entry to the point of, you know, where you work out, um, see ya I'm, I'm canceling my membership. See yeah, that's pretty stupid. It's literally
0: from the door to the time you get to the workout area and that's it. What's the point? What's the point? I mean, you you go from the car. It's like you you walk from your car up to the door and then it's a mask from the door to the workout area, which is like 15 feet, literally 15 feet because you walk past the desk to get to the workout area and then you can take it off. But there was a new stipulation today. New stipulation when I got in there. Couldn't believe it. I see the free weight area that's roped off with like that, um, you know, that that stuff that they have in like airports to like channel people, you know, that that ribbon or whatever it is. Same thing they have like movie theaters and all that stuff. Well, it's like all roped off like this red tape. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? Okay, my first thought was because the workout area and the free weights, that's on the first level. The second level is where the swimming pool is one of the swimming pools. And then there's a third pool on excuse me. There's a second swimming pool on the third level. So I thought, okay, maybe the swimming pool is leaking from the second floor, which has happened before and they've had to close it down. No, that's not what it was. As I get closer to where this the free weights are, I see it all roped off, obviously. And I see a few people inside this area. There's a section where there's a personal trainer standing like a bouncer at a nightclub. And there's a, a little sign right next to him with, with a little person on it. You know, the little fi- stick figure like you see on like restrooms and things like that has a number 12 on it. You're only allowed 12 people in the free weights. But yet you walk past all those people, the free weights are all the way at the end of the workout area. You walk past all those people and you're allowed to have 30 people on treadmills, exercise bikes, and cross trainers or ellipticals, whatever you want to call them. That's all okay. Over there huffing and puffing and, and breathing like crazy. That's fine. Which you have to walk past all that anyway. But then you get to the free weights. Oh, no, you can only have 12 people in the free weights. You got to be kidding me. If nothing else is for the comic relief, I'm standing there and the trainers know it too, right? Like the trainers are just like, oh, well, you know, they see one person walk in without being checked and they're just like, ah, oh, the hell with it. I'm just looking at it and I'm literally, I'm, sta- I'm standing off in the corner, you know, doing my workouts and doing everything. I'm, I'm focused when I'm there because I'm not really paying attention and I'm just, I'm shaking my head. I'm just I'm shaking my head. I, I just yeah, you you can tell the people at least there. You can tell the people that can see through it and you can tell the people that blindly follow. You can tell the difference.
1: Uh, I would argue all of them are blindly following. If you're going to I don't know at this point at this point, I have no sympathy, no compassion, no whatever you want to call it. It's just if if you're going to capitulate with these um, lockdowns and these you're part of the problem in my book. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a
0: campaign that's going on. Uh, somebody hit like, uh, I want to say it was like 30 bridges going up to Berlin last night. When I say they hit the bridges all through the night, they were hanging these giant banners off of the, uh, the overpasses on the Autobahn saying civil disobedience resist. Don't listen to the government. It's already starting here. Yeah. It's already starting. And and I would argue as the warmer weather gets closer, because look, you're gonna trigger riots in this country. How are you gonna do that? How are you gonna do that? You tried to do it last year. You can't play the civil unrest card here because you don't have another population that you can play them off of yet. It's not
1: here. What what what, what if they what if they can though? What if they feel like their civil liberties are being, you know, um excised, if you will, taken away from them? Yeah, but it doesn't play though,
0: because everybody's being everybody's being stomped on simultaneously. So there's not an agenda here. If there's an agenda of like what we're seeing in America with in the UK, to a great extent, with like the uh, the divide and conquer politics, I'm not seeing it here. And I'm talking about like the in the US, let's let's not mince words here in the US. They desperately want
1: a race war. You can't play that card here. It doesn't work. That's that's what I'm saying. What if they're going a different route? what if they're not going for the race baiting and they're going for the well maybe we can get them up in up in arms because we're taking away their civil liberties and that's so what when to you resist yeah that's what they're trying uh, to do uh they'll but say it's everybody oh, th- this is right but it's everybody that's the problem well you have to do it to you have to do it to everybody to get the civil unrest yeah but the the issue they're running
0: into here like like i said i was out i was out today you know i was out down through town today and i saw a few people wearing masks in public, a few people. The rest of them, I mean, they don't care. And the ones that you see that are blindly following it are the older generations. Those are the ones that you see. So what are you are you going to turn them against the younger crowds? That's not going to work. So I I don't know how they could play that card. But yeah, I I see where you're coming from.
1: But it's a stretch. It's a stretch for them to to try that. I I would I would think just getting them out there and. (laughs) Water canning uh, the uh, the protesters and then just constantly berating the people. It's going to do one of two things. It's either going to cause them to rise up, or it's going to beat them down enough to where they're just like, okay. I can't say that it's going well for them. As in, like the governments, it's not going well for
0: them because the people just seem to keep coming back. You know, they turn water cannons on on people that are standing out, like literally just standing there. They're literally, they're just standing there. Now, if, if they were, you know, breaking police lines and, and stomping on cops, okay, all right, I get it. I get it. But they weren't doing that. They were just standing there. And they turned the water cans on. You You police officers, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I'd quit before I do something like that. I, I'm serious. Pension be damned. I, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. You people are a disgrace. You're a disgrace. If you're a, if you're a state employee, I don't care, a cop, a sheriff, whatever. If you're a state employee... And you knowingly, blindly follow orders to do that. You're a disgrace, and I have no sympathy for you. None. You're on the wrong side of history. Before I get to, before I get, before I get too wound up. Well, they are on the wrong side of history. They don't win this. They get a couple of victories here and there. Yeah, they do. They get a couple of victories here and there. But in the end, they lose. Doesn't matter what they do now. They lose. That's why they're going for broke. COVID passports, all the rest of it. Yeah, they're going for broke. I will
1: give you that because of my religious beliefs. You are right. Uh, going from that perspective, they will lose in the end. But if it wasn't for that belief system, I would have to disagree with you. hmm. hmm. Well, let's test your belief of finances, shall
0: we? Oof. Yeah. OK, we knew it was coming and it's here. We said we've been saying for two weeks now, actually longer than two weeks, that four trillions on deck, Four trillion. Four trillion trillion dollars in spending. Okay, so I'm getting conflicting reports on this. I'm seeing two and a quarter. I'm seeing two point two five trillion. I'm seeing three trillion and I'm seeing four trillion. Which one is it? Whichever one will pass. (laughs) <laughs> whichever one will pass okay so it's a yeah. two let's let's go with the low end okay Let, let's just go with the low end for now which we know it's probably going to be four that's fine and they'll work it or they could that's what they'll do though they'll introduce the highest level and they'll they'll work it down you know so it, depending on the public outcry that's there but um 2.25 trillion infrastructure and tax proposal tax okay, proposal so, yeah so they're going to have to increase taxes you're going to raise this? taxes now. You're going to raise taxes now. Our economy has been shut down for a year for the first time in history, and you're going to raise taxes. You people lost your damn mind. That's a rhetorical question.
1: Don't answer that. By the way, uh, if you want to only pay for this uh, infrastructure bill, if it's $2.5 uh that means the working class has a tax hike of $1,000 per person. OK, so... That's okay because we'll just send out more checks to cover that loss, right? Right. So the twelve hundred, just the twelve hundred dollars, or fourteen hundred dollars, or whatever, well, cost the American people that seventeen. That was a significant amount. That was a right. significant amount. Right. But it cost the American people seventeen hundred dollars. So uh, that that fourteen you got, it cost you an extra three hundred dollars. Yeah. So I hope you're ready to pay even more taxes because um, this is uh, this is what you get. President Biden released a
0: sprawling proposal to rebuild the nation's crumbling infrastructure. And why is it always infrastructure with the Democrats? It's always infrastructure. Why? Because they steer the contracts and they rake the money off to feed that war chest. That's why they run infrastructure. So they're looking to put money into manufacturing, transportation, renewable energy, and combating climate change. Okay. So they say that well, this is this is good news, Bruce. It's going to be funded largely by raising taxes on U.S. corporations because they'll pay that and they won't have to increase their price and they won't leave
1: if they do that. Like I said, it's going to raise the the prices on the working class by a thousand dollars ahead. The corporations are going to push it off to us, the consumer. So if they stay, it's going to be an increase. That's if they stay. I, I'm thinking Unless that they well, they'll yeah, pull they, up and leave. end up leaving.
0: They'll pull up and leave. They won't stay there. Why, why would you do that? We're, we're supposed to be matching tax corporate tax rate uh, across the board all over the world. We're supposed to be looking like that's the point. You have a competitive tax rate. So you incentivize companies to come there and to create jobs to bolster your economy. You don't raise taxes, especially after you've had them shut down telecommuting for a year and expect him to pay more and then pull a White House press secretary and say, well, we're just going to hope that the good faith of the corporations won't raise the price of their cost of consumer goods and, and services to the consumer.
1: Have we he heard what he wants to raise it to?
0: Um, I'm looking right now. He says the eight year initiative dubbed the American Jobs Plan. It's got nothing to do with jobs. Okay, if you want to call this a jobs plan, how about the American Job Loss Plan? He says he's going to raise the corporate tax rate from 28 percent to 28 percent from 21 percent. And he's rolling back part of President Donald Trump's 2017 tax cuts, which gave quite a bit of money back to people. Yeah, somewhere in the range of three grand uh, on average. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. And he says he's going to increase the global minimum tax on U.S. corporations from thirteen percent to twenty-one percent.
1: So effectively, an eight percent tax hike, which is going to equate out to being about a ten percent tax hike for the rest of you, <laughs> for the average person. More than likely, but he's not going to raise taxes on the anyone that makes less than four hundred thousand. Except all these tax hikes are going to impact everyone. Oh well, he's by the way, the the four hundred thousand. I just just put it out. The 400000 is not per person, by the way. That's per couple. It's 200000 per person. Yeah. So if you make $198,000 a
0: year, you're fine. Yeah. The Biden administration is also planning a second major package. So you're going to get the $2.25 trillion to start with. There's going to be a second one that's going to be tacked onto this. I guess this is where the next one comes in. Uh, so that's going to cost around a trillion that they're going to unveil. They're going to hold that one f- for another week or so. And what is this one that they're planning? They say that this one, uh, this measure will likely be funded by uh, tax increases on wealthy Americans. Oh, of course, they don't so say. Wealth tax. Yeah, wealth tax. Uh, well, possibly. Uh, but they say that it's expected to focus on domestic issues, such as expanded health care, which you looked into that, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Providing universal kindergarten. I thought we already did that. It's called public schools. Extending the child tax credit and offering paid family leave. Why do you need Bernie Sanders? That's all
1: the stuff he was selling. Uh, by the way, that's something additive. The, uh, the, the two and a half that we were talking about, that has all the medical stuff in there. Okay, so the one trillion, they're saying
0: by the one trillion, though, is, is going to be expanding health care. So you're saying that
1: there's something they're, else in, in there? The, in the two and a half trillion, they're expanding health care. They're expanding. Uh, they're also expanding uh, paid leave. Uh, pay boost for care workers. And uh, well, because, you know, those care workers are mostly women of color and they mostly make two uh, $12 an hour. So. Well, let's break it down a
0: little bit. All right. So let's look at how much this is going to be. OK, so transportation, right? Because it's an infrastructure plan, right? It's an infrastructure plan. Let's look at transportation. It calls for $621 billion in new spending. On roads, bridges, <laughs> that's that's Obama all over again. Roads and bridges, yeah, you remember that? Roads and bridges, high speed rail, roads and bridges and high speed rail. How did that work out? How were the roads and bridges and the high speed rail when President Barack Obama was in office? Do you see any high-speed rails across the U.S. yet? They've been working on high speed rail for 15 years in the US. You don't have a single train, not one. So $621 billion in new spending on roads, bridges, rail, Ports, waterways, airports, public transportation, and electric vehicles. $115 billion of that would go towards modernizing 20,000 miles of highways, roads, and main streets that are in most critical need of repair, as well as repairing most economic significant large bridges and roughly 10,000 smaller bridges, according to a fact sheet released by the White House. Okay, 20,000 miles of highways. Okay, you're you're adding too many zeros to that. So let's, let's just call it 20 miles of highway, because that's probably all it's going to get done. Federal funding for the highway system has always been there. We've never had a problem with the interstate system, at least not to my knowledge. A couple of them have been a little rough here and there, but usually they're out there working on them.
1: Uh, The interstates around here all have toll booths. It's toll
0: roads here. Yeah, you guys do the tolls down there. And of course, they do that up around like New York. But the funny thing is, is the toll roads down around Oklahoma, Texas and uh, and and a couple of the other states down there. Most of the toll companies are owned by companies that are outside the US. So, for example, I think the the main toll roads in Texas are owned by a Spanish company. That's that's my understanding of it. Same thing when you get up into like Pennsylvania and you get up on like the turnpikes. Yeah, I mean, all all those, obviously you're going to drive on the turnpikes, but the cost has been going up for years because they got to maintain the cost of the road and they're usually better roads. But the interstates, there are rare exceptions. I was driving on I-77, you know, the hillbilly highway, as we call it, uh, when I was back in in the States a couple of years ago. And I felt like I was riding a horse for 100 miles.
1: It was terrible. And I was in a new car. It was ridiculous. It's not too bad around here. I mean... Granted, there's no potholes and whatnot, but there are, you know, you can tell where they've repaired the roads and sealed cracks and all those kind of things. So it's not perfectly smooth, but it's, you know, it's a little rough. I wouldn't say it's like horseback, but yeah.
0: Bridges. Well, we've been having bridges fall down in the U.S. for a good number of years now. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, OK. So they say they're going to spend $85 billion of that modernizing the public transportation system. Yes, because Amtrak's been a great success. That's been fantastic. The U.S. government's been running Amtrak for decades. It's a horrible mess. The rail beds in the U.S. haven't been updated for 50 years. You got to tear all that stuff out and start over. You know, the Europeans, right, they use concrete ties. We're still using wood that was laid down decades ago. They have an infrastructure over here of electric trains. You don't have that in the U.S., we don't have the system to be able to do that. We built our economies around the automobile. Um, these people, I swear. So they're going to double the federal funding for public transport because, yeah, government running transportation has always been successful. It's complete sarcasm for anybody that does Government that. government running anything has been great. I mean, they, they they're very efficient. Yeah. Well, uh, government transportation. Have you been to a DMV lately? Another $80 billion would go towards addressing Amtrak's backlog repair and modernizing the Northeast Corridor, the line that connects Washington, D.C. and New York City, mm-hmm. as well as Biden's hometown of Wilmington, Delaware. Oh, see, he's, <laughs> he's got to have the line to his place. Yeah, he's gotta have the line to his place. It's like it's like Nancy Pelosi, right? Speaker Pelosi from the House of Representatives. It's like her. The roads in San Francisco, which is her district, by the way, but she doesn't live there. I'm sure it's got nothing to do with anything. The roads in San Francisco, they're a mess. It's a disaster. The the roads in San Francisco, I I know somebody that told me that the road that's going up to the Golden Gate Bridge, if you can get from one end of the Golden Gate Bridge to the next, and if you don't break a wheel or bust a tire, you're having a good day. I know somebody that has a brand new car in San Francisco, threw the alignment out on it two weeks after they had it because the roads were so bad. But if you look at the airport in San Francisco, from the airport all the way to Pacific Heights to Nancy Pelosi's driveway, perfectly paved. Not a problem. But everywhere else. Yeah. Just like this one. As long as you got a rail line right to
1: Joe Biden's hometown, that's fine. Oh, which he does need that rail line to his hometown because, uh, his dog had another biting incident where two were actually had to seek medical oh. attention afterward, oh. So Well, maybe he's just throw another log on the fire then. Yeah.
0: So the president would direct 25 billion to airports and 17 billion to inland waterways, ports and ferries, which is interesting because UN agenda 21 or 2030 now, since we're in, yeah, because we're in 21, they didn't hit that mile marker. So now they're at 2030. Uh, they call for an annexation of all waterways so you don't have access to it. Finally, the plan includes $20 billion for a new program that would connect neighborhoods cut off by historic investments and ensure new projects increase opportunity, advance racial equality and environmental justice, and promote affordable access. So free broadband, right? Isn't that what that is? That's free broadband for everybody. At least that's what I'm thinking it's going to be. But they're awful vague, So that could be just to an NGO somewhere that's, uh, you know, a little bit of a pet project. Here you go, kind of money. Uh, It's racial equity. Oh, equity. Excuse me, equity, (laughs) equality. You know, I get those two confused Mm, these days because they're using them so much. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. Well, you know, equality is not good enough anymore. Right. It's It's equity now. Equity now. Yeah. All right. Electric vehicles. I talked last week about how electric vehicles aren't going to work. Electric vehicles aren't going to work for two reasons. One, every vehicle has to be electric in order for an electric vehicle to work, especially if you want them to be autonomous. Two, the other reason they're not going to work is because that's not the way the market has gone. That's the way that the market has been pushed. That's stifled innovation. That's old technology. That's not anything new. That's not anything revolutionary. It's stuff that they've managed to bring up with the technology we've advanced in, in battery capacity. That's all they're able to do. You build a car and you put 1,200 laptop batteries in it, then it's going to run. That's all they've done. Now, granted, Elon Musk has built a great product. I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not going to argue with that. But is it the future? I would argue no, because, because it's stifled innovation. That's not the way the market was supposed to go. That's the way they steered the market. They shut down and regulated everyone else out of the game they took over the auto industry and forced the manufacturers to change that's not free market the auto industry hasn't been a free market for like nearly 100 years so yeah that's a fair point but especially the last 12 2008 they nationalized the auto industry in the US and of course all the european automakers fell in line bmw tried to buck the system that lasted all of, what 24 hours 48 hours the ceo of audi he was bucking the whole uh, the whole trend. Wouldn't you know it? That guy, he fell in front of a moving train a couple of days later after that. It, it's amazing. It's amazing that, like the, the things that just happen to people, you know, the accidents that just that just happen. Let's look at electric vehicles. The proposal will also include one hundred and seventy four billion to invest in electric vehicles, which I'm sure they have no investments in those stocks or anything like that. The White House said that it will enable automakers to spur domestic supply chains from raw materials to parts, retool factories to compete globally and support American workers to make batteries and electric vehicles. Uh huh. So it's going to also give you a tax rebate. Yeah, the government's going to pay you some of your tax money to buy some of their products. Isn't that wonderful? So they're going to provide a sales and rebate tax incentive to encourage Americans. See, this is the other thing. If the government has to encourage you, if they have to buy you off to get you to take a product— then you know that product is going to be a piece of junk because they can't sell it. They can't sell it because it doesn't work. They have to force you into it by saying, oh, here's 10,000 for buying our car. Thank you. Does anyone remember the Volt? Uh, the horrible, disgusting excuse for a failure. Let, let me tell you something about the Volt. OK, when that thing came out, they na- before it even came out, the European Union named it the European Car of the Year. OK, you talk about propaganda. The dealerships over here, the the GM dealerships over here, were so full of those cars because no one would buy them. No one would buy them. It costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to make each one of those things, and they sold them for what was it?
1: Thirty? Thirty-two? Yeah. Government subsidies at the, at its finest. You know, government efficiency. And, and the other thing is, is those were coffins on wheels. If you were if you were in a car accident, it would it it <laughs> Had a very likely chance of electrifying the chassis of the vehicle. So if you tried to step outside of the vehicle, yeah, you, you're going to get the the full brunt of that uh, battery uh, bearing down on you. You know, I remember when they were when the vault was just a
0: concept. It hadn't actually made it to you know something that they were going to uh, put into production. But when it was just a concept, they interviewed the CEO of GM at the time because they had a problem because there was a 3 in 10 chance when you turn the ignition, the car would explode on you and the batteries would explode. So they asked the question to the CEO of GM at the time. And I remember seeing this on TV. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. He said the question to him was, what have you guys done about the batteries catching on fire? Have you have you corrected this problem? He says, well, we at GM don't call it uh, fire on a battery. We, We prefer to call it thermal exhaustion. And as I'm sitting there just kind of like scratching my head, the question was then asked again, well, what have you guys done to correct that problem? What have you at GM done to correct that problem? He says, well, we haven't worked out all of the technical details just yet, but we're moving ahead with production anyway. Thanks for that. That really inspires me as a consumer to buy your product. Thank you for that. Uh, and then this goes on: uh, 111 billion for uh, clean water. Uh, okay, with no mention of Flint, Michigan. I think Biden actually mentioned it in one of his speeches. Yeah, so, but it had nothing or referenced it. Out. Well, yeah, you were telling me about that. Somebody was asking him about uh, something, and he referenced Flint. The, he was someone was asking him about gun control. Yep, it was and gun he control. mentioned Flint, Michigan. Okay. Flint, Michigan water or something. Uh, Schools, 100 billion to schools, 100 billion. Oh, here's the broadband Internet. 100 billion to broadband Internet. So basically, it's yeah, that's uh, that they're going to offer free Internet to everybody. Yeah, this is this is what the uh, the UK Labor Party was running on. Jeremy Corbyn, you know, Marty was talking about it for a while. He says they were offering free Wi-Fi and free broadband Internet, free high speed Internet to everybody. Here it is. It's right here. It's the same people. It's the same people on both sides doing the same plan.
1: It's the same thing. Do you know why China has the Great Wall there? And I don't mean the physical one, I mean the the firewall. Do you uh, know yes. why they have the Great Firewall? Yes, because, because we gave the it. government runs the the government runs the internet there locally. Like they have control of it. So by the government coming in and subsidizing all this, do you think they're going to have control of it? Maybe? Yeah, maybe just a little stake in it.
0: Take a look. And we talked about this before when we talked about the Great Firewall. By the way, those are American corporations that developed that technology that gave it to the Chinese in order to control and suppress their populations for anybody that wants to know. Broadcom, Cisco Systems, take a look into those companies. Google, Facebook, Mm -hmm. uh uh-huh. They're responsible for the social scoring. Yep, Dragonfly. Take a look at something called DPI. Right DPI deep packet inspection. That's the method that they employ over there. Explain. Can you pull DPI real quick? Let's talk about DPI for a second because
1: it goes to it's the larger side of your point that you were making. Uh, If you want me to put it in a nutshell, basically uh, DPI is to where you're inspecting the contents of the packets or the internet traffic and basically filtering out where the packets going, the identity, what what the classifying, rerouting, all that stuff. It's all done at that level, and they. So the individual packets and each packet varies in size. I believe it's around, uh, depends on what it is, I guess. But I'm, I'm wanting to say it's like 512 bytes of info, but I, I could be, uh, it may vary. No. Okay. So I, I, I'm, I'm a little off there. Uh, the, the packet is 65,535 bytes or 64 kilobytes. So a little off there, uh, but nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you get the idea. Yeah,
0: of internet censorship and, and government regulation of, of what you see and what you do and tracking you on every
1: place you go. That is a deeper form of, of well, it's in the name, like deep packet So the other method is to look at the headers of the packets and you just get the basic idea of where it's going and where it's coming from. Whereas this is going to get more detailed info of what's in, in, inside. Uh Housing? So they're going to put in uh, they're going to put
0: two hundred and thirteen billion into building more than two million affordable homes. See, they're going to try and make it look like they're the ones that are going to have some kind of a housing boom. No, 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 no. See, we didn't have the government manage a housing boom after the end of the Second World War. The free market did that itself.
1: How much are they going to uh, put into that, by the way? How much were they? $213
0: 213 billion to build more than two million affordable homes. If we break that down, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. If we break that down, would we get homes that are about, oh, I don't know, 250 square feet? Uh
1: give me the give me the price again. Uh 213 billion. Two hundred and thirteen billion and how many homes? Two million. Two million. Okay, so it's about a hundred thousand dollars a house. Uh, the average house in the U.S. right now costs two hundred and eighty-four thousand as of last year. So they're going to subsidize more
0: public housing, is what they're going to do.
1: So depending on where you live, so one hundred six, one hundred six thousand here in this part of the country, that'll buy you a decent-sized house. I mean, you know, a thousand square feet or so, uh, roughly. Whereas you know, in California, yeah, you're looking at the two hundred and fifty square feet, <laughs> or New York, or New York. Unless you're an upstate. I mean, if you're an upstate far enough away from the city, then...
0: Yeah, it's not too bad. Hospitals and home care services—they're uh, going to put four hundred billion to uh, bolster caregiving for elderly and disabled Americans. Uh, the proposal also calls for directing eighteen billion to modernize uh, the VA hospitals. I think Trump did a—you say what you want about him, but he did a bang-up job on uh, the VA. He he did a did a really good job with the VA. Uh, and ten billion to modernize federal buildings. So, Bruce, your uh, Bureau of Land Management offices are going to get a uh, facelift. Oh yeah, I, uh, my favorite favorite
1: organization?
0: Uh, Corporate taxes. We talked about the corporate tax. They're going to raise it to 28 percent from 21. And then, of course, with the passage of the Uh, tax cuts and job acts back in 2017, they slashed the rate paid by U.S. businesses from 35% to 21%. So they're going to kind of split the difference back to where it was. And they'll eventually, once they get it back to 28, then they'll just knock it up 1%, 2%, 3% each year until they get it back up to where they want it. The plan would also institute a 15% minimum tax on a corporation's profits for financial reporting purposes. Which
1: what do we say the minimum was currently? Was it... uh wasn't it like seven percent, eight percent? Yeah, it's it wasn't very high. Uh, what, what were they calling it? Minimum. A minimum tax. Yeah, impose a minimum tax on the profits of U.S. corporations. Oh, we we don't have a corporate minimum tax. Apparently, I'm seeing articles saying, do we really need one? Oh well, you got to... Yeah, you have to have one because you know you got to pay your taxes. If you're gonna if you're gonna have a corporation, Bruce,
0: you got to pay taxes.
1: You have to have a minimum oh, threshold. Okay, so a minimum tax. So. If your company wasn't profitable, right, you had incurred losses, you still have to pay a minimum in like any kind of income you had, even if it's a loss, any kind of money coming in is taxed at a minimum rate of 15%. Oh, well, that's
0: that incentivizes you to keep a small business for the first three to five years, because that's when most small businesses succeed or fail. So if you have to be taxed to death in the first one to two years, then, you know, which Okay, businesses can operate at a loss. For a certain amount of time, like they're allowed to do that for a certain amount of time without being penalized, and this would pretty much ensure that once you operate at a loss, that's the end of it. So you're not gonna,
1: yeah, you're you're not. This would incentivize this would incentivize companies to move to China, move to Taiwan, move to India, where it's cheaper uh, to run your business and there's less liabilities. And all you have to do if you want to go to China is just make nice with the the. uh, CCP, just pay off a few people. And uh, there you go. You, you can continue doing business. Actually, China offers a zero percent
0: corporate tax rate. Did you know that? That's uh, a, a competitive corporate tax. That's uh, yeah. But here's there's kinda, one stipulation. Hmm. There's one stipulation to it. If you want to do business in China, then you have to agree to China's terms. In other words, you have to operate your business based on how they say that you need to operate your business. And then, of course, once you do that, and I'm sure you might have to take a couple of couple of people on your board in in confidence, of course, just to ensure that things run smoothly and then you don't have to pay any taxes. Of course, it's the same if you have, say, for example, your home office like Facebook does in Ireland, for example, where you have 13 people working there, then you don't have to pay any taxes. Same thing with Google. If you have your home office in Ireland, well, you don't have to pay any taxes and you have 10 employees. Yeah. International taxes, right? Let's talk about international taxes. The plan would also impose a minimum tax on the profits of U.S. corporations that are earned overseas, increasing the rate to 21% from
1: 13% paid by corporations now. Mm. So an 8% increase. Okay. So basically, uh, you know, a a 50% increase. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: It also creates new measures that would stop companies from claiming tax havens, like I just mentioned, as their residents... Like I just mentioned in Ireland, and would penalize companies for moving jobs overseas. Well, so if you're going to basically. Pe- okay, if a company leaves, ju- just saying, if a
1: company leaves, you think they're going to give a damn about being penalized? They're not going to care. Okay, so if I'm a company that's more interested in profits, um, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to close down my business in the U.S., screw doing business with the U.S. The market is small anyway. $300 uh, 300 is the the cap on the market, like how many people will buy your product. That's the absolute cap if you're making something for all age groups. And I could go move to, I don't know, maybe China or India and have billions of of, uh, possible consumers. Yeah, I'm going to be flipping the bird to the U.S. and moving out. Yeah. Yeah. I knew you were waiting on
0: this one. You were waiting on this one, Bruce. I know you were waiting on this one. Eliminate tax breaks for oil and gas companies.
1: Yeah, because they're evil, evil, evil companies and they're polluting the uh, the earth and everything. So we have to get rid of them. Give the tax breaks to the uh, wind and solar companies, which, by the way, that last time they did that within 10 years, all those companies went under. Or it was something like 80% of them went under, uh, bankrupt. So yeah, I mean, not a problem. Oh, and by the way, they they happen to have investments in those companies, the politicians. And when those stocks went up, they kind of sold out before it bankrupt. Yeah, yeah.
0: Interesting, huh? We think is one. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say which they have investments in. So yeah, that's what I said. This is stifled innovation. They've steered the market into areas where they have investments. They don't care whether it works or not. They know it's not meant to work, but they have investments in it. They're going to rake off the profits and they're going to control and regulate and tax you to death. IRS audits. Well, uh, that's good to know that that's worked into this as well. IRS audits. Yeah. So if you try to buck the system at all, then you're going to get audited. Do you remember the Obama administration using the IRS to target conservative groups and churches? Do you remember that? Oh, you're really
1: going to get it now. We do as conservatives, but ironically, the left doesn't seem to remember that all all that Mm-mm. much. No. When we talk about that to our left counterparts, they're kind of
0: like, the what? The American Rescue Plan would also provide additional funding to the Internal Revenue Service in order to ensure the agency is able to increase tax
1: audits on corporations. Does this also give them more authority and everything to... uh Go in and, by the way, technically they don't have the authority to enforce the taxes, technically speaking, but uh, uh, they, they do it anyway because we allow it. Donald Trump has
0: released a statement about this uh, American jobs plan or whatever in the hell it is, this three and a half trillion or whatever in the hell it's going to be. Uh, and I'd like to read it. You got something you want to say
1: made, before I do it? Made, made in America tax yeah. plan uh-huh. or whatever. Uh-huh. It, it sounds very American, doesn't it? it sounds Sounds great. It almost sounds like made in America. We need to stop making things in America. You know, Trump also released a statement yesterday. I meant to cover it, but I completely forgot
0: about it. Uh, And basically, he said that, um, yeah, uh, Dr. Fauci, well, he he funded those labs in Wuhan. And as I was reading that offline yesterday, I heard Bruce say two words. Thank you. It's about time that someone of prominence, shall we say, actually gives credit to people such as ourselves who are just too lowly nobodies. Mr. John Q. Taxpayer. That's it. Just a lowly American voter. That's all we are. But when we call something like that out a year ago, and it finally gets brought to light by somebody that can actually make a difference, that makes people like us, the little people, feel just a little bit better about what we do every day. He's a man of the people. Whether you like him or not, he is. And th- believe me, there's plenty of Donald Trump I don't like. Yeah, there's plenty of that guy I don't like. He's a New York businessman. I don't like New York businessmen. I can't stand him. But... In the manners of what's better for America, you can't really argue. You know, even the Europeans on average, the the amount of hysteria over here that was surrounding Donald Trump was unlike anything I'd ever seen before or experienced in my life in the realm of politics. But even the ones that understood it said, you know something, we don't like the guy, but at least he's willing to fight for his country. At least he's willing to stand up, whereas I haven't seen a single so-called leader do any of that in the last 12 months. I haven't seen anybody do
1: that. That's the thing is he, he at least made it look like he cared about what the American people thought. He, he at least uh, gave us some, um, a, a voice, if you will. Uh, and whereas the rest of the politicians, I don't think they give a flying crap about what we think or, or any of that. No, see,
0: they're they're in a different world, Bruce. They're they're disconnected from reality. Yeah, they're they're out there. I mean, when you're proposing stuff like that, you know, that type of spending, that's I mean, that that's just that's lunacy. All right, let's get into uh, Trump's statement here. He says Joe Biden's radical plan to implement the largest tax hike in American history is a massive giveaway to China and many other countries that will send thousands of factories, millions of jobs, and trillions of dollars to these competitive nations. Didn't you say this is the largest tax hike since the 1950s? Yep.
1: And uh, the, the tax hike back then was because uh, of the you know Cold War, also the space race, all that stuff. That was the tax hikes back then. Now, what are they raising the taxes for? But wait a minute. We had a booming economy. economy back then. In a boom, you can
0: raise taxes and it's justified, but you need to lower them when you're on a downward trend it's not justified to raise taxes, period. But, you know, I get it. But if you're going to, then you need to do it in a boom when the economy can afford to take the hit. But when your economy starts trending down and you go into a recession, which booms and busts happen in in free markets, they have a self-correcting mechanism built into them. But you can lower taxes. You can lower taxes when you are in a downward trend. So you don't so you don't trigger a depression for your population. It's common sense.
1: Yeah. If you wouldn't raise the taxes in the first place, you may not have that downward trend either. So that's OK. That's a fair
0: point, there. too. That That's a fair point, too. The Biden plan will crush American workers and decimate U.S. manufacturing while giving special tax privileges to outsourcers, foreign and giant multinational corporations. Oh, yeah. They're not going to be affected by that. The, the big tech companies, the big international organizations, they they're not going to be affected by that. Biden promised to build back better. Yeah, that's the the build back better. He says, but the country he is building up in particular is China and other large segments of the world. Under the Biden administration, America is once again losing the economic war with China and Biden's ludicrous multi-trillion dollar tax hike is a strategy for total economic surrender. I couldn't agree more, sir. Sacrificing good paying American jobs is the last thing our citizens need as our country recovers from the effects of the global pandemic. Biden's policy would break the back of the American worker with among the highest business tax rates in the developed world. Yeah, even even the Europeans don't have such a high business tax rate. Even the Europeans don't have that. And they've got more taxes over here than you can count. Under Biden's plan, if you create jobs in America and hire American workers, you will pay more in taxes. But if you close down your factories in Ohio, my home state, and Michigan, fire U.S. workers and move all of your production to Beijing and Shanghai, you will pay less. As I said, they have a corporate tax rate of zero if you agree
1: to work within the confines of the mandates of the Chinese Communist Party. So just for clarification on that, um, sorry, Mr. Trump. Thirty-four uh, percent is the highest right now for corporate tax rate. And, oh, excuse me, thirty-two percent as of last year. Uh, that's France. Um, so we will be behind France. Uh, so we'll be number two in the world's um, corporate tax rates. Okay, it's good fact check. Uh, excuse me, corporate income tax rates. You know, oh, uh, so okay. there might there might be a bit of a difference there with what all the stuff they're wanting to do in the corporate level. Trump could be right, but just on the income tax rate we're the highest. But when you add in all the other stuff, we probably are the highest. He's probably right. Yeah. People always laugh at me when I say the U.S. has higher
0: taxes than most European places. They say, oh, no, no, you don't. I say, oh, yes, you do. Because over here, they have all the taxes worked into one figure. In the U.S., they have them all over the place. So you're taxed on everything individually. So yes, you have a higher tax rate over there for sure. For sure. All right. Let's continue on here. He said it is the exact opposite of putting America first. It is putting America last. Companies that send American jobs to China should not be rewarded by Joe Biden's tax bill. They should be punished so that they keep those jobs right here in America where they belong. I couldn't agree more. This legislation would be among the largest self-inflicted economic wounds in history. If this monstrosity is allowed to pass, the result will be more Americans out of work, more families shattered, more factories abandoned, more industries wrecked, and more main streets bordered up and closed down. Just like it was before I took over the presidency four years ago. I then set the record low unemployment with 160 million people working.
1: Okay, so, Mr. President, uh, here's the thing this is all to plan. We've talked about it with the 2030 agenda. Uh, you have to get rid of manufacturing and development in these developed countries and send it over to the developing countries. And then you only have service jobs here. That is correct. That's like he, he's pointing out all this stuff, which he's not wrong on, but.
0: It is part of that agenda that we've been screaming about here at nauseum for years. So it's nothing new. This is not a shock. This shouldn't shock anybody. It doesn't shock me. The shock value's worn off. You know, I- I'm not afraid of going up against these people sitting here every day. I mean, I, I really don't want to sit here and do this. Bruce doesn't want to do this either. But we're doing it because no one else seems to be doing it. My concern is what happens if we don't go up against them? That's my concern. Continuing on here. The tax hike is a classic globalist betrayal by Joe Biden and his friends. The lobbyists will win. The special interest will win. China will win. The Washington politicians and government bureaucrats will win but hardworking American families will lose. Joe Biden's cruel and heartless attack on the American dream must never be allowed to become federal law. Just like our southern border went from the best to the worst and is now in shambles, our economy will be destroyed.
1: I, I don't, if, if they're able to get these things through and they're able to do this, um, uh, we've been saying there won't be a 2024 election or some of the conservative talks. 2022. Uh, there won't be uh, an election if, next year. Well, if H.R. Well, 1 yeah, goes through, that's it. Rate, yeah, true, true. If H.R. 1 goes through, uh, there is no more elections. There is no more republic. It is now an oligarchy, and it's basically, it's the uh, the elite who rules, basically, which will be the Democrats in this case, since they have power. Let me ask you a question, Bruce. Now, we just spent all that time going over
0: somewhere in the neighborhood of $3 trillion to $4 trillion whatever, right? Do you think that that is where they're going to stop? Hell no. Well, you're right. They're not going to stop there. We told you weeks ago that they had four trillion on deck. Do you want to hear what they have coming next? They've already got it lined up. They're already talking about it now. It's out today. I don't want to hear it, but it's out today. We need to talk on it. Yeah, it's out today. And we'll run over. I don't care about this. It's out today. (laughs) I I couldn't believe the number when I saw it. The next spending bill. They don't even have the four trillion through. They're literally just proposing it. And they're already getting ready to propose the next one. Do you want to hear the next one? I think I've left them in suspense long enough, don't you? On Monday, they will unveil a new bill that will cost $10 trillion in renewable energy, green infrastructure, and climate justice initiatives. And
1: it almost sounds like they're going to try to do the Green New Deal. Hmm. I That's mean, when is. you when you add everything up together that they're doing kind of is a Green New Deal. You, you have the UBIs, you have everything going green with the electric vehicles, modernizing roads and uh, housing and all that kind of stuff, building new housing and whatnot. In these communities, these um, uh, you know promoting racial equity. Um, yeah, it sounds like the next the next batch is going to be the rest of the Green New Deal. They're just spreading it out. Which, by the way, that's one of the first topics we talked about on this on this when we first started back in the day. Uh, we talked about the Green New Deal and went over it. And what was it like a three part series?
0: Uh, it was a two parter. You know something? Let's do that again. Let Let's go back. It's a good time for a refresher because now we're seeing year later, two years later, actually two years later, we're seeing that idea bear fruit. So let's get, I tell you what, you and I, I've still got it here, I think. It was AOC's bill. So we'll go Mm -hmm. over that. It wasn't very long. It was like, what, 14 pages? So yeah, we'll we'll go over that again. Something like that. We'll, We'll go over that again. The measure, now they're not calling it the Green New Deal, right? Now, listen to this one. The measure is known as the Transform, Heal, and Renew by Investing in a Vibrant Economy Act. So if you uh, you want to shorten that up, yeah, if you want to shorten that up a little bit, you can just call it the Thrive Act. It sounded like the S-H-I-T Act. (laughs) (laughs) You would think so. Ten trillion dollars. They're going to put this up on Monday.
1: Do you understand we have to pay for this? Do, do you get that yet? Oh, it, it gets worse, by the way. We have 21 senators that are saying – Democrat senators that are saying we need to do a basically recurring stimulus check, a UBI. Oh, yeah. Yeah, OK. Uh, well, on that's – I would – yeah, I would assume extensions. that would be
0: – yeah, I would assume that would be a part of something like this. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. In some of this stuff, uh, it's (laughs) which is like the Green New Deal. I mean, because it's all in there as, as GP was saying it back then when we were doing the two part special on it, he says this isn't about green energy at all. This is about implementing socialism. And that's what it is. So the Thrive Act aims to make a series of sweeping changes to the nation's infrastructure. Boy, that sounds familiar. It echoes many aspects of the Green New Deal including establishing a goal of 100% zero carbon electricity by 2035. Okay, we can do that. Hydrogen and nuclear. Boom. Yes, they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. Also, zero emissions from new buildings by 2025. Zero, okay, zero emissions from new buildings. So you're not going to have any heating and cooling and environmental controls? And you can't have people in those buildings because we emit CO2. That's an emission. I I, I don't think they've thought that far. Or maybe they have. I don't
1: know. They they
0: did. Yeah. And there's more to it. They will be expanding clean public transit options to most Americans by guess what year? 2030. 2030. How'd you guess? Huh? How'd you guess? Wow. Wow. Uh, it was just a random number I pulled out from the air. Just, just, you know, just a I, random I have, thing. I have a little bit of a problem with this right here. Expanding clean public transit options. Have you been on a New York subway lately? In the last ten years, twenty years? Have you been on a city bus in a major U.S. city anytime in the last twenty-five years?
1: Well, see, it, it's it's mobile homes for the transient among us. Right, right. They actually had to shut
0: the New York subway down during the. Pandemic to clean out the subway cars and and disinfect the subway cars. It's impossible. It's impossible. Ask any MTA worker in New York. It's
1: impossible. Clean
0: public transit
1: options. Just use your imagination. You can't. The minute one person goes on there, you have the germs from that one person. Just it doesn't take a rocket scientist to think of that. It's common sense, or at least it should be. It all
0: well. There's more in this, right? There's more in this. It also focuses heavily on. Racial inequality, because that's got a lot to do with the environment. Yeah, that's that's got a lot to do with the environment. That's got a lot to do with with saving the planet. It has a lot to do with the Green New Deal. A lot to do with the Green New Deal, yes. Directing at least forty percent of federal government investments to communities that have been excluded or oppressed and harmed by racist, unjust practices, including communities of color and low income households. That's straight
1: out of the Green New Deal. That is straight out of the Green (sighs) New Deal. The the one we just went over here a minute ago as well. Uh, 40% of that was supposed to go to environmental climate change stuff. So that's interesting that they had the environmental one. Now they're doing the social justice one. They only have one left to do now. Senator Ed Markey, who's a
0: Democrat from Massachusetts, which he's, he's been up there for quite some time. I'm quoting him here. He says, we are facing a series of intersecting crises, climate change, a
1: public health pandemic, racial injustice and economic inequality. Uh, Just real quick there, Um, I I agree with him. There is a bit of an economic inequality because if I'm a politician and go in and do insider trading, that's totally fine and legal. But if I do it as a a citizen, I go to prison. That's that's a bit bit of an inequality there. Just saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, they passed a law that it's legal for them to do
0: it, so it's fine. He went on to say, we can't defeat any of these crises alone. We must develop a roadmap for recovery that addresses them all. Well, there is one. It's called Build Back Better, right?
1: Coming from the man that had the greatest popular vote in American history and also conversely has the worst ratings on YouTube and um, daytime television. Well, and, they're, you know, they're changing yeah. the dislike thing with YouTube.
0: We talked about that yesterday. They're they're changing all that because, I mean, you can't have the most popular president in history being the target of a of a dislike campaign, you know, major dislike campaign.
1: Yeah, we're, we're also going to have to we're also going to have to regulate the comment section because the people that are doing the dislikes are now going to go to the comment section Well, they turn and blast them. So we have to disable the ones that are negative because it's going to be damaging to the psyche of the, the well-being. creator. The well-being. The, the well-being. Yes, excuse me. Well-being of the, the creator.
0: Well, I'm glad we're not on YouTube. Now... Here's some good news. Not all the details are known, but they do include this. 10 trillion. 10 trillion is now being teed up. They're teeing off with of 4 trillion, right? They're now teeing up in the next T box. Uh, they're on hole number two, to use a golf analogy, with 10 trillion, okay? They're saying that it could also include 3 trillion in tax increases. So you're going to get another tax increase. So they're already calling for a tax increase now. So is this going to be the tax increase package? Well,
1: so here's the thing. Uh, Trump uh, did an average of $3,000 that went back to the American people. Now, you see, that was government money. So to get that money back, we're going to have to raise the taxes, you see, because you're only a steward of government money. You see, it's not your money. It's the government's money. And they're just allowing you to hang on to it, to hold on to it. By the way, that is actually the honest to God truth uh, that some politicians actually believe that some of the Democrats have said that. So mm-hmm. mm. 10 trillion. I would also argue, by the way, there's many Republicans that believe that same notion as witnessed over the last, what, 20 years. How long has it been since we've had a, an actual physical budget? Um, Clinton. Yeah, I think I think it was Clinton. Uh, well, I think, was, I think the I, last one was Bush, like the beginning of Bush and the then after of Bush. Yeah. And then after we went to war, that was that was the end. So, yeah, and we've
0: Clinton and we've had Republican controlled Senate for a majority of that time. Just saying, even when. Well, no, wait a minute. No, you had Harry Reid as majority leader in there for a while. So, yeah, that was there was a mess uh, with him, which, you know, something Harry Reid, all things considered, the guy was a nut. But all things considered, I'd take him over Chuck Schumer any day of the week. I really would, yeah. and that's saying something. That is saying yeah. something. Honestly, okay, let's tell you what. Let, let's talk about this for a couple of minutes. I mean, I know we're we're pretty much at time, but uh, let's talk about this. This guy's got a lot of nerve, right? Since we're talking about Washington politics and stuff, Pence is talking about a 2024 run. He can't be serious. He can't be serious.
1: Yeah, because he did such an amazing job with the task force, uh, the COVID task force. He did such an amazing job with. Some of the policies he tried to pass before he became vice president, which uh, many people don't know, Uh, I believe he was Indiana governor, was it uh, that he was? Anyway, he signed in a bill that allowed more um, uh, basically legalized uh, discrimination against religious groups, uh, specifically Christian groups while claiming to be a Christian himself and this pious individual. I, I have I have words I would like to
0: say to him. You know, I know people that have actually met him and they actually said, I mean, you know, he pr- seems like a pretty decent guy. Of course, he's a politician and all. But, you know, that's just the way they are.
1: Oh, um, I, I've heard he's a great guy. I, I've heard he's a real nice guy. And, you know, he's very he he sticks to, to some of his principles and whatnot. To be fair, he could stick to his his religious beliefs legalistically i mean like he could be super devout to those things and be terrible at politics uh so him as a person I, i i honestly don't know what he's like as a person but his policies and things he's done in the political world yeah you you can you can go you can go eat male bovine excrement uh, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Apparently, this is what he's doing. He's uh, uh, this is according to ABC. They're saying that uh, he's reportedly planning for a run in 2024. Former Vice President Mike Pence is steadily re-entering public life as he eyes a potential run for the White House in 2024. He's writing op eds, delivering speeches Preparing trips to key primary states and launching an advocacy group that will likely focus on promoting the Trump administration's accomplishments. So, what he's going to ride the
1: coattails of the administration that he stabbed in the back? Now, pretty much. Yep. I I don't think the Trump uh, the Trump supporter the the average well the average Republican honestly or, or independent they're not going to vote for him. The thing is is they're they're targeting Christian. There's no way well, I no, vote for I, I, No. No way. Oh no. Yeah. There's no way. Even if it was. Hillary versus him, I, yeah. I, there's no way, there's I, no, no way, I wouldn't vote. He, he's, he's a rhino, and honestly, the stuff I've seen him do, and the, it's just, it's horrible. So no, no, thanks, not, not gonna. I, I don't think he would have a chance. I think uh, the snowball would have a greater chance in hell than he does. You know, but- I'm not. I'm not sure why Trump even picked him to begin with. I mean, I remember when he picked him,
0: everybody was all wondering in the beginning, oh, who's he going to pick as his vice? Who's he going to pick as his vice? If it were me, if I were in Donald Trump's position at the time, and this is just this is just my call, this is what I would have done. If it were me and I were in Donald Trump's position and I were the Republican nominee for president of the United States, the person that I would have picked, and this would have been hands down, hands down, I wouldn't even think twice on it. I wouldn't have to worry about it would have been Lieutenant Colonel Allen
1: West. That's who I would have taken. So uh, the rumor is that I've heard, it's not that Trump picked him necessarily. It's that he had no other choice. None of the, none of the political, uh, really, the political system thought him
0: a joke. They did. They did. They thought it was going to be, uh, well, Alan Combs, right? Alan Combs. He came out and he said, well, Donald Trump, no one's going to take this guy seriously. He's the P.T. Barnum of our generation. He's going to go out there. He's going to uh, have a big show of it all. And he's going to get a couple of votes and it's going to be fun. And that's going to be the end of it. Well, he shocked the hell out of all of them, didn't he?
1: That shows how unaware the political class is and how uh, really the political class is so they have their heads so far up their ass right now no, actually, no. I, I, that, that's giving them too much benefit of the doubt. I, I think the political class knows what they're doing they do. at this point. And all the stuff we're seeing, it's not them being unaware. It's them doing what they think is right. Uh, it's social engineering, you know, those kind of things. I don't even necessarily think I, I think you're giving them too much credit, buddy. I, I
0: think that they don't believe that what they're doing is right. They just know that they're doing it because they
1: feel like they have the authority to do so. Oh, uh, I, well, I, I guess I guess uh, in a sense, giving them some kind of moral equivalence, and you know, giving them a chance to justify themselves. I guess that's the the line I will I will get that that's the line for me that, that I will compromise on, if you will, because I honestly believe Hitler thought he was doing something for the greater good. Uh, he was a psycho. He was a he was a psycho. But I'm not. I'm I'm saying he justified it in his own mind as doing something for the greater good. In this case, it was the greater good being Germany. But in this case, Biden and the political class, I think they're doing something for the greater good and thinking by controlling all of humanity and regulating what humanity can do, creating a, this global system. It's going to ensure the survival of the human race or something. That is the line that I'll give them on compromise. Uh, so basically, I just equated them to Hitler. So. Eh, you know. actually, there is a uh, there's a Holocaust survivor that is
0: out who's made a statement. Let me see if I can pull it. Uh, she was comparing what's going on now to what happened during uh, the time of the Nazi occupation. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Did they get canceled on Twitter and YouTube? Uh, no, uh, and no, I, I don't think so uh let me see if i can find that where is it to
1: to be fair they're probably not even on it being in the of that age group no No, offense to them i you know when you when you're a holocaust survivor i don't think you really like the troubles in life are very trivial compared to the the time you survived here it is now here's a woman who survived the holocaust and
0: she's come out and she made a statement she's a 93 year old holocaust survivor and she was talking about the COVID-19 lockdowns and the mask mandate. She called it the most oppressive environment, and it was worse than Nazi Germany in that respect. She was speaking to a crowd of anti-lockdown protesters in the UK over the weekend, and she explained that the excessive lockdowns and COVID measures like masks are even more insidious than the social environment that... Jews experienced leading up to the Holocaust. What have we been saying? This is evil. This is more evil than what happened back then in the events leading up to it. But they make it about your health, right? Your family's health. They're using your goodwill against you is all they're doing. Yeah, it's gaslighting. She went on to say, she says, I am, in fact, a survivor of the Holocaust. The first thing I have to tell you is even then, nobody told us it was done for our own good. Yeah. Isn't that what we're being told? Oh, it's for your own good. It's for your own good. We all knew what was happening. And when I think today, when I see people wearing masks, I think of the Yellow Star, which gave everybody liberty to aggress me, to insult me, to call me a carrier of disease, to
1: spit on me even. Yeah, she's Jewish. That's kind of what we've been talking about with these, uh, you know, masks, COVID passports, Mm -hmm. the the badge identifiers they're talking about wanting to do. Look what they're doing to the Israelis.
0: look what the Israelis are doing to their own. It's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. She went on. She says, I would like to tell you that this is worse. It is more insidious. It concerns more people. See, they don't care about a specific group now. We're all a cancer to these elites. All of us. They don't care. They don't care what, what color you are. They don't care what, what religion you are. They don't care about any of that stuff. They'll use groups and play groups off against each other to carry on the agenda. Sure. But in the end, they don't care. They don't care. These are exterminists. That's what they are. They're Malthusians. Look up the term Malthusian. They are Malthusians. She says, and there is a hypocrisy in the public narrative that is absolutely unbearable to say that we're doing this to protect the old. Yeah, because they know that you still care about your elders in your family. That's why they're doing it.
1: Well, I mean, they're playing off of the, the tradition that uh, you respect your elders, right? You you treat your elders with respect and, and you know you, you care for them. And care. That's kind of a Western culture. Well, really, that's not just Western culture. That's really world culture. I don't think there's really a culture out there that despises the elderly, is there? No, as a matter of fact, the elders in a lot of,
0: especially like some of the other, um, you know, um, what are they called? The um, like blue zones, you know, places that are isolated that are long living, uh, long life uh, people. They are looked up to.
1: The elders, yeah, revered. Yeah. Expanding on that point, isn't it interesting that they're using something that every culture has in common? They're using the talking points to say you're you're doing it to save the elderly or to save your neighbor. That's kind of a. a a universal thing. That's a, a universal, like, human thing.
0: She says, I would love to die in a state that gives me freedom, than live in this. She says, give I have already... already give me death. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah. She says, I have already outstayed my welcome by many years, and my life expectancy is probably not great, but I would gladly exchange this for the lives and livelihoods and happiness of generations that come after me to live their lives as I have been. You know, I look at all these events that have taken place over the last two years. And I was telling Bruce before we started tonight, I said they had to wait until now. The elites, I mean, they had to wait until now to start with this this lunacy, right? This this craziness, this out of control spending this. And that's just the the tip of the iceberg. But it goes further than that. The psychological effect on people that they are dealing, the lockdowns, the increased anxiety, the stress, the wokeness, the race politics, the identity politics, all of it They had to wait until the greatest generation was gone. And when I say the greatest generation, I'm talking about the ones that fought the psychopaths and the lunatics and the thugs and the gangsters like the Nazis, our grandparents' generation. They would not have put up with this kind of nonsense. So why are we? I'm sitting up here doing this, not for the generations that come after,
1: but for the ones that preceded us. What did they do it for? For this? To live under this? Sorry, keep in mind, also to keep in mind, generations kind of work in a cyclical pattern. So you you had the greatest generation back back then, and then you know, we, we had the other generations in between. The millennial generation and their kids are the resetting of that cycle. Now it is again a we'll call them a hero generation. And it almost seems like politicians understand that. Because these generations are the ones being taught how to be activists, how to go out there and do things, and it it, it seems like they're it, they're trying to exploit this new trend. The one caveat we have is the generation that's coming up is actually more conservative than the millennial generation than their parents. So uh, basically, they're like seeing all the the BS policies that have happened over the last twenty years and how it's hurt economies, how it's hurt the parents, uh, you know, and, and they're, they're kind of understanding that taxes are bad, government's bad, they want their freedoms, they want their liberties, those kind of things. Uh, yeah. But in the meantime, we're being assaulted
0: with all this other stuff. I mean, the, the geopolitical aspect of it. I mean, there's that side to it, too. So I mean, you can fix domestic policy you can get rid of these people you can prosecute them you can bring them to justice once you have a clean system back but that doesn't fix the larger demographic and geopolitical issues that they're hitting us with at the same time as far as like the economic thing i mean look what they've done they're transferring all of our uh, all of our production capacity to places where we will have nothing so we can change the system or we can revert the system back to what it should be, which is what I think we should do, because there was nothing wrong with it until they broke it. So we can revert back to where we were to something that actually works, and that is fair and more equal and just, which is what they claim that they're selling. See, the system that we had cut them out. It tied them up with regulations that would make what they're doing now illegal. So they have to overthrow that system. This is their revolution against our traditional way. This right here, this last part that she says, this Holocaust survivor, the last part that she says here, this is what hits me the hardest when I see this out in public. The stupid parents that put masks on their kids, the stupid parents. She said, watching people defile their children with masks is unbearable to witness. I just want to smack those stupid parents when I see them do this. To have masks, to see people defile their children with masks is something totally unbearable to me. You know, one thing I've learned about living overseas, most notably about living in Germany, when you talk to someone from back during that time of the Holocaust, when you you hear someone speak about those because people don't talk about that. They don't just sit down and mention that kind of stuff and the atrocities and casual conversation. But when someone of that age range, I know many of them over here, when someone of that age range speaks up and they start talking, you shut up and you listen and you pay very close attention to what they're saying to you. And I'll tell you something. I have heard stories and I'm a I'm a history person, anyway, right, Bruce? You know that I'm, I'm big into history. I, I, I'm big into history, and I've read all up on the stuff that happened in Germany and across Europe. I've read about the Soviet Union uh, and, and further back than that, even m- many thousands of years back. And the stories that I've heard just about what happened in Germany during that time, I won't even mention here. I won't mention here because I, I, I don't want to say it's I don't want to say it's too terrifying, but I, I don't know how the Tos would see it, even though it's history. I don't know how TOS would see it, but Um, we would probably get banned. Yeah. But what I will say is that if we do not heed the warnings of people like this, I'll flatter her young lady here. If we don't heed the warnings of people like this, if we don't understand what's happening, if we don't wake up to this, then we are headed down a road worse than some of the most awful stories that I've heard people tell me from their own eyewitness accounts. Uh, we are out of time we ran over, uh, but I didn't care, uh, because I, I thought that that was, um, that, that was worth spending some extra time on, but, um, yeah. All right. Uh, we're promoting our telegram channel in the interim. We know again, that podcasting censorship is coming. So, um, We're trying to move all of our traffic over to Telegram. For those of you who have not signed up to Telegram, get over there, get signed up to it. It's free to do. You can search for us when you get there. You can search for Dynamic Independence. We're a public channel. Uh, We're listed, so you'll be able to click join and you'll be subscribed to us there. You'll get all of our content that we put out here every day, and you'll also get an exclusive podcast that we do once a week. Plus, we have other things that are up there as well. We've got admins that are in there posting uh, quite frequently. We've got comments. We've got a comment section, so you can uh, chat with our users, chat with our admins. Also, we're going to be doing live Q&A, Uh, in the coming days and maybe we'll open up some voice chats for uh people to jump in and out randomly uh, as well. So uh, yeah, there is that to look forward to. And all that is free. All that is free. So we would encourage you to uh, look us up. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow here as much as possible, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that will do it for today. So I want to thank you for being here today, Bruce. Great conversation. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.